All right, hey, all right, hey guys, what's going on? My name's Chris Hawkins, and this is your best life defined. Hey, let's go ahead and get started on this thing. So, how much? What's your tolerance for being different? I mean, to be the oddball. See, uh, a little history on me. I don't have any issue with being an oddball. Do I still have issues with what people think? Yeah, I tend to do that. Even with these videos and with the podcast, I still tend to get all nervous about what people's opinions are. And the mess, the best system for circumventing that whole thing is to just not give a shit and not look at it. And so, I mean, aside from meaningful interactions on social media where we're talking about good things, I don't really pay attention to what anybody says about things that I'm doing with regard to the negative especially. And I don't go hunting for approval. And that's kind of the best way to curtail it. But how is your, how's your stomach for being completely different and stepping outside your comfort zone? I mean, this is an important question because when you think about it, how you're able to step beyond what other people are doing is going to indicate what kind of life you live. So I use this rule. Basically, my rule is, is simply like this. On any given discipline, anything that you are going to do or you are currently doing, if you want to know the outcome of your effort... All you have to do is you have to look to the people around you who are exerting the same amount of effort or taking the same amount of actions that have done it longer than you have, and you can look down at where they are now. Let's say, here's another example. Let's say that, for instance, you're living the American dream, and you have done everything that everyone else has done in the way of the, how your life looks. You have the, the job, the house, the car, the kids, and all that. If you look at your grandparents or your uncles and aunts who are older than you and have lived that same life and taken those same actions, you can pretty much predict what the outcome of your life is going to be. I mean, if you look at your, if you're living a life that's similar to your, your grandparents or your parents and and your parents have never traveled to Europe and they don't get excited about the idea of chartering a sailboat to the Caribbean and they've never done that chances are you're not going to do it either because that is the basis for how we go about defining where we're going to be in the future that's how we can predict what we're doing i mean when you take a look at those dynamic individuals who are really kicking ass in life they've really actually excelled way beyond the average person like i i think of chuck liddell chuck liddell if you don't know who chuck liddell is he's a uh an accomplished world champion mma fighter and one of the things he did was he went into the ring and he trained and did everything in that gym just like everyone else. But if that's all you do, then you can look at those people and you can see that that's you can see where where they're at and where people who've put that much effort into their their goal, you can see where they ended up. But Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture and so many others, there was a elite group of fighters who went above and beyond who did more they took their skill set to where everyone else is at and that's where they started and when we when we think about our life and our future where are we going to be well i mean and i don't want to bring it back to me but this this thing i'm doing i don't know anybody i haven't seen anybody anywhere that's doing it quite like I'm doing it. I mean, there are people out there that travel around the country and live the lifestyle I do, but there's not too many people that live the lifestyle I do that continue to grow writing a book and doing a podcast and keep throwing stuff out there on social media, and it's uncomfortable. It's out of my comfort zone. But how do you get beyond where anybody else is if you don't step outside your box? 
That's the thing. And the truth is, you know, this lifestyle, it's lonely. I mean, because we are kind of social outcasts. I mean, I don't, we pull in an RV park, we may learn the names of people that are our neighbors for three months, but we will never see those people again. And so we're kind of loners. And, And what's really ironic about that is we don't fit into our conventional circle of friends either from the standpoint of our life because we're doing things so much different that most people can't identify with. And I don't know, I guess it, what's funny is, is that you get, you get uh, two sides of the fence. You get, you get one group of people, friends and people you know, and when you tell them what you do, they're like, oh my God, you did what? You sold your damn house? No, really? And you live in a trailer? You know, it's kind of this weird-ass dynamic. Now, there's the other side. They're like, oh, my God, is that so freaking exciting? That's awesome. We talked about doing it all the time, but we, we just can't seem to do it, right? That's where you're at. But even among those segments of the population and the people that you know, we don't fit in. I mean, and we just kind of disappeared. I remember this morning, me and my wife were talking about our lifestyle and about our plans and dreams. And, and she goes, do you think people think about us? <laughs> And, and and it's really a legitimate question. Do people actually wonder about us and what we're doing and what our life is actually like? Because it's it's tough to be different. I mean, I remember when I shared our started sharing our stories about our plans, and I've mentioned this before, but our original plan was to, or my original plan. I don't think Sandy was ever really on board with me, but my original plan was to buy a sailboat because I just, I mean, we both love the ocean. I thought, well, hell, what better place to live than on the ocean, right? With a boat, you can go wherever you want on the ocean. But as I learned later on and through a little bit of talking and more research, I kind of realized there's a dark side to living on a boat. I mean, even darker than living in an RV or as some people refer a trailer house. But I know back to the point of this whole podcast, in order for you to access more of your life, in order for you to capture that life that actually charges you up, in spite of all the shit you have to do, in spite of all that crap you grind out every day, you have to take a different path. You have to say, okay, this is where I am now. You have to be willing to do things differently if you want a different outcome. Because I, I like it, love it, hate it, whatever you think about the this model that we've been handed and uh, called the American Dream. And I'm not bashing the American Dream, but that's what I call it because that's what it is. We were handed this. Our grandparents were handed it. But aside from, I mean, whether you hate it or you love it, the reality is that if you do everything that your grandparents did and nothing more, then you can pretty much count on the fact that at some point you're going to be sitting on your front porch and you're going to be, um, you're going to be done and you're going to be looking back and you will have a life that looks just like your grandparents, you know, with some minor adjustments and this and that. But, and personally, I'm not ready for that. I mean. There's a certain amount of pride that comes into doing shit that other people aren't doing. I mean, when I think about what I do here in this podcast thing and this conversation with you on video, I don't, there's a part of me for all the fear and all the concern about what people think. There's also a sense of pride that comes with saying, you know what, hey, screw those people who don't care what I'm doing or think I'm ridiculous or don't agree with my ideas. I don't care because this time is not theirs. It's my time. It's my time to do the shit I want to do, right? And it doesn't matter. Everybody else, go about your business. Go do whatever you're doing. I'm not. I'm not sitting there getting my nose in your business and uh, because you you're living your life. I think it's great. 
But it's a, there's a part of that. There's a part of that that's kind of exciting, doing shit no one else does. But beyond that, I mean, it's defining what does that mean? I mean, here's a little test for you if you want to have some fun. Here's a little test for you. Go home, and next time you get together with a bunch of family and friends that you love, uh, and you might want to discuss this with your partner so you don't catch her off guard and get get uh, get blindsided by a night of arguing over your crazy-ass idea, but check the response of people have, the receptiveness people have to to change to actually people who do things different it's kind of funny i used to tell the inmates at work i would tell them hey listen because i was counseling them on changing their lives because a lot of guys just didn't have any idea of what the possibilities are out there i mean uh but i would counsel them. part of the counsel i tell them i says next time you talk to someone you love tell them that you've been working with with this with this guy in the prison and and you've decided to go to colorado and become a raft guide check out the response you get People be like thinking you're crazy. And if you really want to have fun with it, push the idea a little while. Don't just let it die down there. You know, talk about it a few more times. And you can pick whatever you want, but it's got to be something beyond the mark, outside the comfort zone of most of the people you're with. What you will get mostly is resistance. You know why? Two reasons. Number one, partly if you, if someone is living the conventional life and then you roll up with your life, it's really hard for them to accept or to admit that maybe they had another option for themselves, especially if they've thought about it, but they just didn't have the balls to pull that trigger, you know, just to flip the switch and go ahead and take that first action and then continue take a- taking action towards it. They just, they, so they'll, they'll resist it, okay? And the other people are just, uh, the other side of that is going to be people who just, they just are, are completely opposed to change. It doesn't even matter. This is the model. This is what I've been taught and anything beyond that's craziness. But don't expect anyone. And I can also tell you this, the people who are closest to you will often be the biggest resistors to your idea. And I, not, not to say anything about my dad. I love my dad. He was a really smart man. But my dad hated change. He did not like change whatsoever. Not a bit of change. Don't change anything. In fact, my dad wanted to move and live in a new house, but he didn't want to change. And that's 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 the trap that we get into. And what happens when we don't change? We don't grow. I mean, because that's what this is about. And especially in COVID nineteen, I did that. I did that article on on. Uh, on um, predi- uh, predicting your future, and it was centered around what the conditions we're in right now. But the reality is, is that evolution is success—the ability to evolve. I mean, if you stick around long enough, I'm going to continue these podcasts, and they're going to get better, and I'm going to get more energy, and I'm going to be more relaxed about what I'm doing, and the subject's going to come out, and then then I'm going to be, be comfortable having interviews, and the, and then this is just, just going to be my thing, just like. When I was nervous, when my wife and I pulled this fifth wheel off the par, off the lot of that uh, of the place we bought it in Denver and pulled it up over Vale Pass for the first time, that was some scary stuff. It was clearly unexpected. I mean, I'd pulled trailers, but I'd never pulled anything as big as this. This son of a bitch is a it's a it's a brick. I mean, it is. It's forty one foot long. It is eight feet wide, and it, it it takes a little bit of skill to pull it, and it's scary as hell. But we did it. And now I told my wife, I said, well, I told Sandy, I says, you know, I don't mind it. I mean, we talk about when we're going to get off the road and go back to a conventional lifestyle. And 
I don't, I'm not quite ready yet because this hasn't become a burden for me. It's still an adventure. So, um, but I, I think you get the point. I'm hoping you get the point that it's okay to step outside your box. Do some shit that scares you. You know, there's another side to that, especially when it comes to relationships. Uh, I joke about, and I've mentioned uh, living or backpack, backpacking in the high country of Colorado. And I don't know if I've expounded on this, but doing stuff that's outside your comfort zone can bring you and your partner close together it adds energies and a sense of community to you and your partner now let me explain so when you think about any any catastrophe any major incident that you've witnessed on the news or or wherever you've heard it like for instance when sully landed the plane in the hudson river or a more tragic event is 9-11 the survivors of 9-11 and the brotherhood and the sisterhood that's been created by 9-11 there's a certain sense of unity that comes from surviving, from being a member of an elite group of people who have survived something. And, and I know we look at that from the standpoint of the bigger picture, from you know these major events. But what a lot of us don't realize is that same phenomenon where you become bonded to the person you're, that you're with or that you go through that experience with, that same thing occurs whether it's 9-11 or uh, Sully landing in the Hudson River or it's you and your wife sitting in a tent on top of a mountain wondering if a bear is going to eat you. Okay, My wife and I, we backpacked the high country and, and I'll say this because it's the truth. I don't know why, but my wife and I both have an unhealthy fear of bears. I'm not afraid of mountain lions. I'm not afraid of badgers. I'm not worried about wind or weather. But for some reason, when we started out on our adventure and we started that mountain, uh, that backpacking uh, into the backcountry of Colorado and hanging out in a tent and all that and the whole experience, the biggest thing that scared the hell out of us was we'd be in the tent in the middle of the night and you're sitting there and you're talking, but, but it's so weird, it's so different than your normal environment that you hear every sound. And we would sit there at night and... I'm not going to glamorize this. We were scared to death. Sometimes you'd hear something outside your tent. And I'm just, I'm sure a bear is going to reach through that damn tent and just tear us both up. Okay. And, but, and then every morning we would wake up and, you know, it was a restless night because it's hard to sleep when you're concerned about being eaten by a bear. We'd wake up, we'd have breakfast and we'd go exploring and we'd spend a day or two up on the mountain and then we would come back. And, you know, we were unified in our survival simply because we survived. Because threat, whether the threat is real or it's imagined, the threat is still the threat, okay? And, and in our mind, it was real. And by surviving that together, it made us closer. It made us more unified. In, and it also energized us to the extent that, you know what, I can, come on, we can do this. We, we spent the night on a, on a mountain with the bear, for God's sake, right? I mean, and another example is when I mentioned we pulled the fifth wheel off the lot in, in Lakewood, Colorado, and I had never pulled anything this big, and I'd never actually pulled a fifth wheel. I've never used a fifth wheel hitch. Everything I had done was a bumper hitch. So it's a different pulling situation. Well, we made a deal because I knew it was going to be stressful. We made a deal that no yelling. Don't yell it. If things go crazy, we can't get mad. We can't get yelling. We can't, uh, we can't get upset. Okay, so, so we held to that rule. 
and we had some we had some trauma in Silverthorn. Uh, we didn't realize how small Silverthorn is and how hard it would be to get our fifth wheel in and out of for fueling. So it was a bad choice for us. And and there was about I don't know three or four hours where we were just struggling, stuck in Silverthorn because we had some issues because of it. But when we pulled into into Meeker, which was our ultimate destima- destination up over um, Vale Pass and through Eisenhower Tunnel on the I-70 corridor, you know, it was a sense of accomplishment and just like climbing a mountain, but even more than that, again, we felt that sense of unity by stepping outside our box and facing our fears and, and pushing through it and facing that monster that, that, that was our, what was going to be our life, which is pulling this big ass brick around the country. And we did it. So I guess my point in all this is aside from all the, uh, all the fear that comes with change and that comes with doing shit you've never done before or being different, there are so many benefits if you just go ahead and taste it and test that water. And what happens is with exposure, your endurance for the unexpected and your reliance on your ability to predict the future, it changes. I don't, I used to plan every stop on our first voyage out when we went to Florida, I planned every stop. I made a reservation for every night between Colorado and uh, Pensacola, Florida. Because I needed the, I wanted the predictability. I wanted to know I had a place to stay. Well, since then, since we've evolved and we've experienced that, we don't do that anymore. It's unreasonable. We don't know exactly how long I'm going to drive, and I don't want to be pushed to be to a destination because we miscalculate and I have to drive longer than I want to. And by by realizing and experiencing that and the situation and the newness of the situation, we can adapt. There's not really any concerns when I hooked up this fifth wheel, not like there was. Sure, it's it's a lot of responsibility. I mean, this is our home, and this is this is our life right now. But by facing it, and by stepping outside that box and by not being afraid to be different and doing it this way, life's golden, man. Life is golden. So, hey, listen, I could continue, um, but I won't. Um, I hope you're interested in what I'm saying. I would really love to hear from you. You can contact me at chrishawkes.com. I have my email there. Feel free to look me up on social media. I have an open public uh, Facebook page. It's Chris Hawkes. Uh So check it out if you have ideas or suggestions about what you'd like to talk about. I would love for you to challenge me. I really would. Uh, I'm a problem solver, really I am. And and oftentimes we don't know what answers I need. I don't know what answers I need to give until I have questions posed to me. So feel free. I'm going to try and set something up on my web page today so that you can actually submit questions and topics for my podcast. But... I guess this is it between me and you for today. So until next time, just remember today's your day. Make it a good one.